Hey ladies, welcome to the Diamond Hands podcast. So you want to own a med spa? Welcome to our community and explore the exciting industry of medical aesthetics and hear from experienced med spa owners and relevant industry experts to guide you on your path. Mindset, money, practice management, marketing, find it here. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Diamond Hands Podcast. Today, we are so excited to have Nena Kalapoulos. Um, she's a physician assistant and owner of Drip Medi Spa in New Jersey. Welcome! Hi guys, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. I've always wanted to do a podcast, so I'm so <laughs> happy you're my first one. <laughs> Yay! That's so exciting. You know, we like to pop people's cherries here. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm so excited. So, you know, tell us a little bit. So it's like, you know, you're a physician assistant. And by the way, guys, if you didn't see this, she has it's like the most fashionable top on. Like, <laughs> can you tell me more about all this plumage going on with that shirt? No, so I'm cute. really big on shoulders. Yes. I'm, I'm a little short. So I think it's <laughs> Gives me like fake height, so I I I I'm love I'm in love with shoulder shirts. <laughs> I love it. A little gives me height. <laughs> a little something, a little something. So yes. you know, Nana. So everyone definitely wants to know. Tell us a little bit about your background. What made you sure. even want to become a physician assistant and even start a medi spa in the first place? So I'm gonna try to make this short, sweet, and to the point. Um, okay. I think it's so important to um, help children while in their teenage years yeah. form into um, something they want to do in the future. I yeah. think that it's very important to trigger their brain at a young age. Mm -hmm. So when I was in high school, a junior in high school, I actually started volunteering at an AIDS babies cl clinic in Manhattan. Yeah. I went to a Catholic school and it was a program they offered and a lot of kids didn't want to do it because they were scared. Mm -hmm. I would jump on the bus and I would go into the city twice a week and I would literally hold and play with these little babies who were given HIV from their parents, eventually had AIDS, eventually passed away. And that's when something inside of me woke and said, I want to do something with children. I want to do something to help them. I felt helpless as a teenager that all I could do was hold them, even though that was very necessary. Mm -hmm. um, so I applied for pre-med in undergrad and I got in, um, I finished my pre-med. I was going to go to medical school, but then I thought, you know what? I'm a, I'm a woman. I want to raise a family. I don't want to yeah. be on call all the time. What is my second best option? Mm -hmm. So physician assistant was, um, the way to go. Yeah. I applied, I got in. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was so, so honored. I mean, I worked hard to get in. I worked hard during my undergrad. You know, my friends now say you were in the books and we were out partying and now, you know, <laughs> so you have to sacrifice to get somewhere in life. Um, wow. I became a PA, um, really seven years of sweat, blood and yeah. tears. Yeah. Um, and then I started working in the hospital. I, um, I think it's very important 
to have that medical um, experience in a hospital or mm-hmm. in an office setting, yes. somewhere where you're taking care of patients and not just becoming a nurse, a nurse practitioner, a PA, because you want to inject. Mm. You need to do it for the right reasons, right? Yeah. Um, I think that injections come secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's something that just kind of falls into your lap. So I worked in emergency medicine. I still work in emergency medicine mm-hmm. when I choose to now because I gained that um, rapport with them. Yes. I worked in emergency medicine for 15 years. I gained my experience. I helped a lot of people. Um, it was it was very rewarding. I also worked at a children's hospital um, oh. as a side gig because I only worked three days a week in the ER 12-hour shift. <laughs> um, and fast forward, uh, as I was suturing in the ER, I sutured a lot of children, a lot of adults. This plastic surgeon gave me a compliment and said, you know what, Nana, you are really good at suturing. You leave no scars. You you should get into aesthetics. Wow. Um, and then he took me to his practice and trained me on injections. And then I worked in so many different practices in the city. You know, I, I kept my ER, I kept my foundation, but I hustled. I hustled for years and years and years until I found another love for injections I found that it was just as rewarding as working in the ER because the confidence you give women men anyone um when you're injecting them it it, it, that smile you see on their face when you show them that mirror especially if you're good at what you do of course you don't want to I believe less is more um it's very rewarding so my patients followed me from clinic to clinic to clinic to clinic and one day a light bulb hit and I said, you know what? I'm making all these other people money, mm-hmm. getting the chump change. Why can't I just open my own practice? And they're going to follow me anyway. They follow me everywhere. They drive hours to come see me. Um, and this was before the cosmetic industry was the way it is now. This was like, I'm talking 2009, 2010, you know, i I practiced before it became a big thing. So I gained my experience. I messed up back then. You know, everyone's going to mess up, but I learned how to create my own um, techniques and my own visions on how I want to inject someone. Of course, safety first. Um, But I feel like everyone needs to start somewhere. And here we are, Drip Medispa, of course, with a lot of hurdles, but I did it um, because as a PA, they tell you, you cannot open your own practice. But I never took no for an answer. And here we are. Wow, that's so amazing. I love that. It really did. I mean, that really gets into your background. You know, I think like one of the coolest things is, you know, hearing how you really kind of dove in and and helped as a high school student with, you know, these babies that were so at risk. And then that translated into your love. And at every point in time, someone saw something in you and was like, hey. Yeah. What about this? Hey, what yeah. about that? Yeah, it kind of just fell into my lap. I always trust the process. I always trust the world. Yeah, that's that's an amazing, amazing thing. And something that I kind of wanted to double back on, you know, I know that, you know, a, a lot of PAs, nurse practitioners, are, it doesn't matter which medical side, you know, they're in, they say, you know, you have to put your years in in the trenches. So my question to you is, as a professional, with aesthetics becoming something that's so popular and also helps so many women and men with self-esteem issues and things like that, do you believe that there should be a path to medical aesthetics immediate 
immediately, just like there is with dermatology or plastic surgery, since it's a field in itself, do you think it should be developed in the schools? Um, yes and no. I, I think that it sh there should be a path that leads up to it. Mm -hmm. um, but I believe that that path should include patient care in another setting, mm. right? Because you won't learn what it means to really care about a patient and how important it is to put their safety first yes. unless you really take care of sick patients, right? Mm -hmm. You might take it for granted and think, oh, I studied, I went to school, I can just take a syringe and start injecting. There's so much more to it than that. Oh, right. Yeah. You, there's so much more safety first and you have to know how to take care of a patient. You have to know what it means to really want to protect that patient in every way. And you will not learn that by just grabbing a syringe. So, <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so I believe that, yes, there should be a path that, you know, that they create that leads up to that. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe um, an accelerated program. Um, but I definitely think patient care has to be intertwined somewhere in there. Yeah, definitely. You know, even because of plastic surgeons or what have you, they do have to practice Absolutely. under another supervising, you know, plastic surgeon for however many years before they actually do something on their own. They study and general surgery. They mm -hmm, mm -hmm. every single case, right? They do a gallbladder, you know, they do anything before they actually specialize in plastic surgery. They know yeah. what it means to save a life and and to take protect someone. Yeah. And I, and I think that's something, you know, as I talk to more practitioners, um, you know, that's something that should be given more consideration, in my opinion, just from what I've seen in the industry. I've talked to so many women, so many men who are in this industry, from plastic surgeons to PAs to RNs. And, and I do believe that right now the path is too easy for, for some people. Easy. You know, it's crazy because I actually, in my practice, um, I, I don't promote this, but a lot of my patients come to me for correction um, mm. from other injectors who just begin and who will give them a deal, right? You know, who will, my pricing is my experience, my pricing, yes. my quality of work, right? Amen. Amen. So, and it's still very reasonable compared to other practices, but I, I do correct a lot of beginning beginner's work. Um, yeah. It's really sad because it's harder to to bring that self-esteem up again in that mm -hmm. statement. Uh, it's really, yeah. and some of them is just really bad work. Yeah. So, you know, kind of moving on, you know, with your, with your business, you know, what do you do in order to stay motivated and consistent and hitting it every day? Because you have a whole team. Like, what do you do? It, it you know, it, it, I always say this, it looks much easier than what it actually is. You know, everyone just sees, oh, you're doing so well, or oh, you're doing so great. They see the Instagram photos, you know, they just see the superficial lining. But honestly, it's what's behind that, that, yeah. that matters. So it, I come home and I'm working behind the scenes. The patient care for me is the fun part. The yeah. injecting for me is the easy part because of mm -hmm. my experience and because my love and passion for the, um, the industry. But behind the scenes work, keeping your team motivated alone takes so much energy, making sure that your customer service is on point because of the team. It, and, and everyone has their own personality. So it's really difficult to keep that going every day. Yeah. I found um, having huddles in the morning with my team just to motivate them really helps. 
Yeah. So, so um, having a team had okay, guys, let's talk about the day. What are we going to do? Like I study the day, the day before, and I come up with a plan and, and I keep them motivated. You know, I try to make it a fun environment for them. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to hate their job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that helps. Yeah. It helps, but it's, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can imagine, you know, because motivation and consistency, you know, it, it's just something you, you have to work at that mindset thing every single day, you know, like even for myself, it's like if I don't go to the gym in the morning, I, I like self-sabotage myself, yeah. <laughs> you know, for yourself and then you have to relay it to the rest of the team, right, because we want them to be able to have a piece of you when they're working, Exactly, exactly. You know, and that's what leadership is about, really. You know, you have that fire in you and you're just lighting these little, you know, you're lighting these candles everywhere else, but you are great fire that everybody is getting a little light from. And it's a it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. I'm exhausted. (laughs) A lot of energy that goes into that. So, you know, um, so speaking of like energy and everything, you know, what is a business goal that you accomplished that you never thought you would have been able to? And now looking back, you're like, oh my God, whoa, Nana did that. Um, I would say that my schedule is so booked and I never imagined that I would have, um, a waiting list at times not always but at times mm-hmm. um and I'm like wow I really booked up and also I have this amazing nurse that I hired um who I've worked with for many years in the ER so I knew her passion I knew her capabilities I knew you know her safety protocols so mm-hmm. I trained her so the fact that I book up and now she can see patients I never imagined I would have another injector under me I'm like wow, wow we reached so it, it feels really good. That's so awesome. And, you know, in that journey, you know, how scary was it to make the leap from being a non-business owner to, you know, being a business owner? And like, I would say if you want to kind of get into it a little bit, can you tell us a little bit about some of the hurdles that you had to overcome and some of your biggest challenges? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so luckily, um, it's in my blood. <laughs> my father um, has owned multiple businesses. He came to this country with a dollar in his pocket and made something of himself. Not a word of English. You know, we come from Greece and he he really worked hard. And I, as a child watching him grow up, I think it's so important to have that role model um, vision. Yes. And um, I just watched them build something from nothing. And I was never scared of that. Mm-hmm. So I just said one day, and I always believe you just go for what you want in life. And what's the worst that could happen? It just doesn't work, right? So then you just yeah. go back to your other steps. So I like to take risks and I and I like to trust myself. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I did. That being said, um, I'm a medical professional. I am yeah. not an administrator. I, I didn't know the first thing about payroll, scheduling, you know, I, I taking payment. I not my forte it's not what I did so I had an idea and I worked um I also had another side hustle I'm telling you I hustled pain <laughs> management um office practice and um the manager of the office there you know I at that point I admired her work I said wow she really juggles a lot she's great and you know she had had some conversations with me how she's tired of um working there and I would never take someone away from something so I offered her um 
you know, I told her what my ideas were. And I said, hey, would you be interested in taking on the administrative role of the practice? Because I want to focus on the patients. I want to focus on the medical art. Yeah. I want to focus on, you know, making everyone happy. I don't, I don't want to deal with everything else. My downfall in life is that I trust too much, right? Mm. Trust too much. So I, I trusted her. I even gave her 25% of the company. Um, wow. and she barely put any money into the company. Just wow. because I believe that if I give her a portion of the company, it's and it's hers, right? I wanted her to know that I appreciated her, mm-hmm. that she would never harm the business. Well, I was completely wrong. You know, I I was busy. I'm like, wow, I'm doing all this work, but why haven't I made a dollar? Wow. Now we're in year three and, you know, I, I just trusted it. And I'm like, why am I not getting anything? I don't understand. So long story short, she, I investigated myself because if I really want to, I could find things out. Um, she was stealing she <gasps> a lot of money. Um, so at that point I moved really quickly. I gave her whatever she, you know, I, I got my attorney involved and I, um, bought her back out said, you know, she was crying. She apologized. Um, it, it, it was, it was, it was bad, but you know, at that point I'm, I'm really nice. But when I get to the point when somebody does harm to me or somebody I love, I, black that's crazy. Yeah, so I let her go and she, I got her things, moved them out. And now I'm by myself and I'm like, all right, what do I do? Yeah. I have to figure this out. We have patience. I have to figure this out. I need to know how do I, how, or what do I do? <laughs> Long story short, I, you know, I took courses on YouTube and online, how to, how to process payroll, how to do this, how to make a schedule. I didn't even know how to make a schedule for my employees. Mm. Um, but my nurse, Sarah, who was working at that point per diem, the one who I worked with in the ER, who's now my amazing injector. um, She's a genius and she stepped up and she completely saved my life. She, 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 I was ready to jump off the bridge at one point. I'm like, I can't do it. was, I was ready to give up on everything. It was so bad. Um, I had to limit my patient hours, you know, so the business fell back a little bit, but I had to just, again, not give up. And I picked myself back up with Sarah's help, um, mm-hmm. figuring out QuickBooks and accounting. And then the IRS audited me because she wasn't paying our taxes. And mm. it's just a disaster, a disaster. And of course, you have to keep a smile on when you're seeing the patients. And yeah, because I can't see any of that. You don't want to talk about it to the rest of the world because you don't have time, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, you're, just, you're still trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a lot of time. Um, I would say we're finally there. Uh, we figured everything out, everything, yeah. you know, paid for. And, you know, I feel like 2020, um, this happened in 2019. Yes. Um, we opened in 2016. Wow. And so, um, 2020 was the year where we kind of, were going to do really well. Then COVID happened. <laughs> yeah, COVID. <laughs> of course, you know, that put bumps in the road. But so now 2021, here we are. Like, hey, 2021. Yeah. Hey, girl. <laughs> but yeah, that was a big hurdle because I almost wanted to just give up. Wow. That's, well, that's, that's a very like hard story, I'm sure, for you to tell. And you're so lucky that you had people in your corner who didn't allow you to give up who are like listen I'll help you I'll take on a little extra work to help you get this together or whatever I've never even hired somebody let alone fire somebody I Mm -hmm. had to figure out that 
this is not the best team for me. This doesn't work. We had six nurses on per diem. And when I really dug into the payroll, I realized I pay money to have these people on staff, but they don't even work. Mm. So, you know, I had to figure out how to cut corners. And, you know, I, I heard some people along the way, I didn't mean to, um, but I had to put business first. And I had to really say, business comes first at this point. It's, and I finally understand the phrase, it's business, it's not personal. I finally understood it. <laughs> and that's a hard lesson definitely to learn as yeah. someone who, you know, you were working for other people and you didn't yeah. have to be in those situations. And then you're like, oh, wow. But it, it is true, you know, because when, when you take care, well, you know, you take care of your people, you know, and by taking care of your business, you take care of the people because if you Absolutely. don't have a good business, Absolutely. you don't have good people, it all goes together. And like, you know, making sure you have the right team, making sure you have the right value systems, sharing that with people that you hire. So important. Definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. And so like, so like, you know, I know you started the business in 2016. So like, so I, I know you started that with someone and everything, but like when, at what point did you leave all your other, cause I know you're working like a Jamaican out here. I'm not, I'm Jamaican. So I can say that, but I know you're working all these different jobs and everything, but at what point, were you able to say, all right, I'm committed, I'm going all in, no holds bars, I'm getting rid of every, all the other things I'm doing, and this is it? Yeah, 2019, right before all this happens with her. So God was on my side. He kind of, you know, gave me a feeling where I needed to kind of separate myself and give my all to the business because I wasn't making money, so... Mm -hmm. at the business. So I, I had to continue working to survive. Yes. Right. So I still worked in the ER. I still did pediatric house calls in the city, which is called concierge medicine nowadays. Yeah. I still work at the children's hospital. I worked overnights. I, I, I worked really hard to get where I am. And, and, and that's why I feel like all these newbies, whatever you want to call them, they don't <laughs> understand how hard you have to work to, to really get something. They think everything is just handed to them. And yeah. It's not. <laughs> and no, it's not. I mean, it's like it's women like you who have been doing this before it kind of it's really exploding. He's been exploding yeah. for a little while, but it's women yeah. like you who have gone through the trenches, who have been the nurses in the ER and the PAs in the ER and all and all these things that have kind of paved the way for, yeah. you know, some of the pro professionalism that's in the field. Yeah. Now. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. And you know, I know there's this whole saying about community over competition and everything like that. And my question to you is like, what edge do you think still needs to be maintained even while collaborating with others and upholding others and excellence in the industry? But what, what edge do you think still needs to maintain, be maintained even though you're, you know, you're playing friendly in the sandbox? So I'll, I'll speak about myself. Um, I personally stay out of everything. Um, mm -hmm. I really do want everyone to win. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's plenty to go around for everyone, right? Yeah. And I, I know good quality work when I see it. So on Instagram, when I get a moment, I'll write a little comment under somebody else's page. I personally don't have my own professional Instagram page. Mm -hmm. I just have my personal Instagram, which is private, that I post nothing for business. <laughs> and then I have my my business page, drip medis drip underscore medispa, in which I just post for the business. And I, I don't really name myself as much in there because mm -hmm. I I want to keep it fair for all the service specialists. Yeah. Um, so I don't really promote myself. Um, and I um do 
comment on other injectors who I believe are really good at what they do and yeah. and, and, and their quality of work. Mm-hmm. So if I'm around like a conference or continu- continued education programs, which I believe are very important, mm-hmm. uh, I, of course, if I'm in a situation with someone, I'll talk to them, I'll, you know, I'll praise their work and I'll introduce yes. myself. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I try to, I try to stay out of all that stuff because, you know, it gets a little funny and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not into competition. Right. And, and I feel like the patients will go to who they believe they will do what they need for that, for them. And a lot of my patients are so loyal. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's a good feeling. That's really awesome. And speaking about social media, I know you kind of touched on that. You, you really separate your um, personal and business. And, you know, there, there's some injectors out there that, you know, really throw their whole entire personal lives into their business profiles and yeah. everything. However, you know, for you, what do you believe has been around a lot of your, you know, social media success? And what are some of the, uh, you know, favorite marketing things that you like to do uh, via social media or otherwise to kind of bring in a new clientele. Yeah. So I think this all falls into the artistic aspect um, of actually being an injector. Mm. I feel like Instagram is also an art. Um, so you have to visualize how somebody sees your page. It can't mm. be cluttered. It has to be clean, crisp, have really good photos. Do not filter them. Do not edit them, do not adjust them, it has to be your raw work, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and people will eventually figure out if it's not. So I think that you have to have really good before and after photos. You have, to, I, I basically think of Instagram as a showcase for your work, right? Yeah. Our number one marketing is still word of mouth. And, yeah. and you can't get, you can't get more raw than that. Um, Instagram is secondary because it showcases our work. Mm-hmm. But we really don't do any other marketing. It's really word of mouth and showcasing our work on, on a platform like Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it needs to be crisp and clean so that it's easy on the eye. Yeah. Kind of when they look at somebody after I inject them, it has to be easy <laughs> on the eye. Exactly. So they're not like, oh, what happened there? Awesome. And, you know, another thing I want to ask, you know, because I know that you said like Instagram was a place that really showcase, you know, mm-hmm. um, your work and everything. Well, I just kind of want to dig into like a story. Like, what do you believe is, I know you have tons. I mean, there's no way you can't in this industry, but what do you believe is one of your most inspiring client stories? Um, So uh, I'll tell you, um, I had a patient who came in who had um, something called a cleft palate. Do you know what that is? It's basically they're born with it. A part of their lip is missing. Part of their nose is, you know, curled in kind of, mixed in with their lip um she had surgery and a a revision by a plastic surgeon and then had someone um inject her lip promising her that they can correct it Mm. now nothing against plastic surgeons but here is something that i truly have learned over the years um plastic surgeons their specialty is surgery they cut right they 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 don't inject all day injections are secondary to their practice, right? Mm-hmm. Some patients think that, oh, I'm seeing a plastic surgeon, he's credentialed. It, again, it goes back to being an art, right? Yes. So plastic surgeon injecting, you have to really make sure he knows what he's doing. It doesn't mean because he's a plastic surgeon and he he does good at breast augmentation, he's going to do a good lit. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Specialty is injecting all day. How many lifts a day do you do? If you do one a week or one a month, doesn't you can't correct a, a cleft palate. So mm-hmm. this patient came to me. She was already, you know, her had low self-esteem from her cleft palate. Now this in, this plastic surgeon tried to correct her lip with injections mm-hmm. and botched her even more. <gasps> so. I took my time and, you know, I expressed to her, it's going to take time. It's a process. So I dissolved whatever the other injector did, whatever the other plastic surgeon did. Mm-hmm. And um, she came back to me after a week and I slowly, um, you know, layered my filler the way I saw fit. Yeah. And, um, eventually reshaped her lip and um, she's absolutely beautiful and, and she cried. Wow. So to me, it's kind of like, it's not somebody who's just coming in for that aesthetic enhancement, mm-hmm. which, you know, is amazing as well. Um, she actually was born with a cleft palate and really just wanted to feel and look normal. Wow. Um, so it was really, really touching. So yeah, this job is very rewarding. That's amazing. Oh my God. That's beautiful. I, I love that. because one of my favorite things about hearing like those stories, like hearing like things like that, like how you can really change someone's life. You really can. Yeah. That's amazing. And you know, if you could talk to the women who are coming behind you and want to come into this industry, whether they're PAs, RNs, nurse practitioners, um, you know, what would you say is your biggest piece of advice um gain your experience mm-hmm. don't just jump in you can't go from graduating to being an owner gain your experience practice 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 you're gonna mess up in the beginning everyone does even surgeons mess up in the beginning it, it, experience there's nothing that can take away from experience don't think you're superwoman and you can jump in and do it all trust the process gain your experience work hard for it right anything that's given to you or handed to you there's going to be there's going to be an end to it sooner than you think right um these injections can be dangerous these procedures are dangerous so gain your experience take a lot of continuing education courses you know i believe in educating i'm educating myself again in two months mm-hmm. um, I, I don't stop learning there's people that's always that you know there's professionals that are always better than you yeah. um, and you always have to le- be open to learning from them i think that ego gets in the way hmm. with this um industry there's no room for an ego you have to be able to um work hard for it so gain your experience take take more courses and don't trust yourself right away gain your experience (laughs) i love that don't trust yourself right away and and that's a big deal (laughs) that's awesome so nena you know how can our listeners find you and and like you know social website you know anything else you have going on in your practice let us know absolutely so our instagram is drip underscore medispa my girls are all really good about, about relaying any messages to me that come for me. Um, I do check it at night myself when I get home just to make sure I didn't miss anything. I do eventually get back to everyone. Um, my email is also nena, N-E-N-A at dripmedispa.com. Um, and yeah, that's really it. We're located in Fort Lee, New Jersey. You can look us up um, via Google and call us if you just want to talk to me. And the girls will um, relay the message and I'll get back to you. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, you know, Nena, for your expertise and like just being vulnerable and telling you a little bit about your story. Like my heart is still kind of going like, oh, that one about the business partner. Like I, I would have, I would have cut a beat. I'm going to say that. I would have, <laughs> would not have been pretty. <laughs> would have got ratchet in these streets. So thank you. Leslie, you're amazing. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It was so fun. It's so fun when I talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll talk soon and thank you again. Thank you so much. Bye. Like what you heard? Please leave us a review. I appreciate you listening and your support. Follow us on Instagram at Plan Life Happens and comment on this episode's post. Also, I appreciate your feedback and ideas. Improving is the name of the game. I'm Leslie Tracy, your host. Thanks for listening.